Hi, everybody. My name is April Line. I'm a writer and a feminist and a mom and a really busy lady living in North Central Pennsylvania. I write about food and love and relationships and parenting and whatever else tickles me, really. I swear a lot. Fair warning. People, more than just my best friend, tell me what I write is amusing and meaningful and fun. So I want to record my essays for people who don't care to read them, but might want to be amused or uplifted or have some fun all the same. I'll record essays I'm writing for my weekly contribution to Authenticity Mags Online and others, and whatever else I feel glad enough of to put out there. So welcome to the maiden episode of April's Brain Leavings. We'll start with an essay about food called Food and Feeding in the Time of the Rona. Before the Rona, I had this beautiful weekly ritual. On Sunday afternoons, when my kiddo went to hang out with my ex, I would make some local food project with whatever yumminess I got from the farmer's market on Saturdays. Giant bunches of lacinato kale, fresh herbs and beets, and tomatoes and jalapenos and onions, and every imaginable sort of green, as well as eggs or milk, cheese, sausage in 18 flavors, even beef occasionally. Some weeks I made something that required like four different recipes. Other weeks, I'd try a fussy gratin or other veggie concoction. I made a savory pie with local oyster mushrooms and a parmesan crust that was perfect. I made about a thousand versions of tomato-based stews and sauces. I've turned eggs into marvelous things, built mayo with instinct in a stick blender, and learned to bake some really tasty breads. I cooked meals or snacks that involved as many cooking methods as I could fit into my life, and with no worry or care for the long or finicky scratch-made projects like pizza dough or building a splendid dry brine or doing an America's Test Kitchen recipe that has about a bazillion steps that really feel unnecessary in the moment but usually have massive payoffs like the time I microwaved batches of eggplant on coffee filters to use in a veggie lasagna, or buried potatoes in salt and baked them while I suspended my disbelief. I love food, and in recent years, I've become fairly fanatical about local food. It started with learning more about farming and agriculture and my work with a farmer's market I managed. In fact, today I work for a local food oil manufacturer because my work aligns with my principles. When cooking, I even avoid certain ingredients I can't source locally. Avocados sometimes and lemons. I'm not a zealot about it. If I'm making salsa, I use limes. If my kid wants avocado toast, I buy avocados. I love lemon curd and Bloody Marys, so lemons get some play around here. I don't even use olive oil anymore. I can't remember the last time I bought salad greens from the supermarket. I can usually source some kind of greens from local markets all year. If I'm using vinegar, unless there's a flavor reason for malt or red wine, I use local apple cider vinegar. And while a younger me would have been irritated by these limitations, the more seasoned April is more confident and more comfortable both with cooking and with herself. So now me is kind of into the challenge. Of course, not always. Sometimes... I just make Annie's mac and cheese and a freezer bag of broccoli because 
Fuck it. And for a long stretch there, from early April to late September, I didn't make any regular food projects. The kiddo and I did a lot of salami, crackers and cheese dinners, gross, fast-cooked things like ramen and freezer pizza, and we ordered takeout a lot. I just couldn't. I didn't have the intellectual, emotional, or creative bandwidth to think about getting arty with the food I cooked. I didn't like going to the supermarket and not being able to source what I needed or wanted. I didn't like feeling like I needed to get extra dry goods every time I was there. But I worried that we'd run out of things and that we should conserve our inventory of raw materials in case the worst happened, in case my job shut down or the zombie apocalypse or something. I thought having an inventory of dried beans and a few extra pounds of flour and pasta wouldn't hurt. Also, I was jealous of the furloughed or laid-off people who had only time for cooking and sweet domestic projects, even though I was and remain intensely grateful for the work I've had during the Rona. While I wasn't cooking, I was still reading about food. I finally cracked a title by Michael Pollan, The Botany of Desire. I get Sam Sifton's beautiful daily newsletter from the New York Times Cooking, and I love his folksy, lean prose, his reverence for food, for cooking, for the artful blending of sweet and savory flavors, his respect for fellow foodies, food writers, home cooks, chefs, I love the recipes I've read and adapted or just made as written, which is not a thing I customarily do. During the Rona cooking drought, I would still pick recipes on Fridays when the What to Cook This Weekend email came in. But then Sunday would roll around and I'd just lie on my couch staring at some dumbass TV show and not thinking. As a cook, I love quirky uses of potato chips, the bottom of a bag of Doritos, Both could be really fun baked mac and cheese toppings or buzzed down into a powder in the food chopper and added to quick bread batter or used as breading for fried green tomatoes. And I love ways to take basic ingredients like ketchup and elevate them by putting them in a sauce with spicy and sour flavors and letting it reduce to a glaze. But I felt imprisoned in the cooking free zone those long months. And a thing I've been doing for myself during the Rona that I recommend to everyone is not giving myself shit about things I would otherwise give myself shit about. So I just let myself not cook, and I let myself lay on the couch on Sundays, and I let myself feel miserable and sad and angry. This time is hard, and it's essential to be gentle with myself, which is also not really my way. While I was mildly uncomfortable with not cooking for a lot of reasons besides that I really enjoy it, making food is more economical than ordering takeout. Making food with local ingredients is about the greenest thing a person can do. And making food connects me to my home space and to the earth. A few weeks ago, around the last weekend in September, something in me shifted. Did I finally settle into this new life we lead with fewer social interactions and more risk involved in basically every single thing I want to do or do? Did my cigarette mojo kick back on 
Did I finally let out enough grief for the before time? Who knows? But that weekend, there was a recipe for goat cheese and artichoke pasta bake in the newsletter, and I saved it, and I printed it, and I made it. It felt so good and easy and comfortable and automatic to create in the kitchen again. I learned from that dish that my kid is a huge fan of fresh dill. Since then, I've made chicken stock, then chicken noodle soup, a couple other pasta bakes. These are great because we eat them all week and they can contain all the food groups. I made some late season salsa, a couple kinds of bread. And last night, even though it wasn't Sunday, I made Ropa Vieja at Sam Sifton's recommendation from J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, including the slow-cooked onion and pepper recipe that's part of the base of the dish. The kid and I ate it on hot rice in front of Gilmore Girls, which felt like the perfectly right thing. I'm sharing some with a friend today and more with friends tomorrow. I love to feed people. Maybe that's it. Maybe I didn't want to cook because I knew I didn't have the spare personal energy or resources to feed others. Maybe not cooking was a metaphor for how used up I felt in general. It's nice to be crawling back into my life, feeling like it fits again. Even though new challenges and extraordinary adjustments have presented themselves, I'm learning to be at home with my life in pandemic-adjusted terms. And that is refreshing, authentic, and good.